At American University, we don't just hope for change, we create it. We don't just dream of a better world, we make it a reality. With a graduate degree from AU, you'll access expert faculty and connections throughout DC to develop skills and experience to turn your passion into purpose. And that purpose can make all the difference in your career. Discover the difference a degree makes at American.edu slash gradschool. All right, everybody, it's the Guns and Radio podcast, double feature episode. I'm sitting here with, what do I call you, man? I just thought of that. <laughs> well, my name's Chuck, but uh, my name's Chuck Ross. I didn't know if you wanted me to call you Chuck or Axel Ross. Or... We, have, uh, I go by Axel Ross in the band. Okay, so we'll say Axel Ross for the sake of this interview. But uh, you've got other things, too. So, I mean, you know, we'll talk about all of that here in a minute. Uh, this guy's this this man that I'm sitting with today, our guest today, uh, for the opening portion of our show here. Uh, he's the lead singer for our local Jeff City Guns N' Roses tribute band, and uh, they're called Guns Ain't Roses. They're going to be playing in, is it Fulton? We're playing out here in Fulton, right? Fulton, Missouri. This Saturday. So you guys have literally six days to get tickets. So get online, get those tickets. Yeah, over. brownpapertickets.com is where you buy them, and... Uh, we're going to be playing at the uh, the Brick District Playhouse in Fulton, and it's actually it hasn't even opened yet, so oh. they haven't had their grand opening. This is they've been doing kind of you know just soft shows for a while, and uh, this is going to be the first kind of big thing they've had up there. But it's a hundred year old theater that they've just renovated, and the balcony will be open for the first time in our show. So it's kind of cool, like a mini box theater type venue. It's going to be fun. Like, sounds pretty awesome, man, to be honest with you. I'm looking forward to it. I'm going to be there. I know that much. Uh, I've seen you guys play at Spectators in Jeff City. I saw you guys play at the Blue Note. And uh, both times, really good shows. You guys, this is this is what, your fourth or fifth show? or Me and the uh, me and Mike, who plays Slash, it's going to be the fourth time we've done it. And it started out as a, uh, we were doing a benefit show, uh, in Columbia, and we just decided to do a Guns N' Roses set, so we all dressed up in costumes, and and it went over really well, and me and Mike got to talking about it, and we kind of started hashing out actually putting together a Guns N' Roses tribute. Uh, he already has a ACDC tribute called JCDC, and uh, there's a lot of tribute bands around here, but there was no Guns N' Roses ones. Oh, I know. <laughs> so, and uh, you look far and far few and in between, you're going to find them. And they do. They travel and work. And we decided, you know, we, we're all in local bands out here, multiple bands. And we all just kind of decided to join forces and make this happen. And it's happening now. It's pretty cool. It's, it it's is been really a lot of fun. I was really happy when uh, the first time I saw uh, you guys, I swear your band is cursed for for. For me trying to see them, because the first time was the Kiss show with uh, with uh, JCDC, and then there was the big snowstorm. Then yep. they were going to play Spectators, and then the building caved in, and they blocked off the street and closed everything. <laughs> and so finally, when, <laughs> when it finally <laughs> happened, it was uh, it was really cool uh, to. It felt like it felt like we'd finally we would like like as a person that was trying to buy tickets to see this band, it felt like. 
but accomplished something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, kept getting pushed off and pushed off and finally made it happen. And yeah, we just, you know, we work on it. We, we, we tried to tried to get the type of musicians that, uh, that can work at home since we're so busy. So we don't really rehearse a lot except for right before shows. Guns N' Roses is a very simple uh, sensation. They had everything they did was great, and they only did like three albums. You know, <laughs> yeah. that, that the, the first three albums that were, you know, I, I don't, I guess they weren't the first three, but it was like Appetite for Destruction, Use Your Illusion One and Two, and even some of the stuff on Lies was all stuff mostly that they had written while they were doing Appetite for Destruction. So. It was all kind of from the same vein in the same era. So a sophomore album that came out wasn't necessarily them, oh, finally getting to the studio and, and coming into their own as musicians. It was like, okay, th we start picking all this. And the biggest hits off of those albums were that. So it was like, we already know them because they're so huge. And you listen to them and you remember them. And, and the guys in the band that don't know the songs intricately, it's, you know, those huge dingers an hour and a half worth of music it's it's not hard to compartmentalize and keep it you know to where you just know how to play it music to me is like it's like alcohol you know and you got your party alcohol you got your hard alcohol you know i think heavy metal pantera is going to be the whiskey you know <laughs> and then uh country music's going to be your beer and then dance club music's going to be your foo-foo drinks you know and <laughs> when you go to a bar you don't try a bunch of different kinds of drinks so you is guns got, and roses the cocaine then <laughs> you know what is guns and roses you know they are they are definitely a spirit they're something that's they're not a liqueur <laughs> at all they're they get you wasted quick like night train i'm telling you cheap wine right <laughs> two buck chuck Oh, there you go, man. That should be the name of your. Uh, that should be the name of your solo album, right there. There, there right. There you go. <laughs> we do about a three-hour show with the JCDC band, and uh, this time around, though, we're going to be doing. We're going to try to do a little more. So we're adding some more in there, but usually it's a three-show bill. So so the show this weekend is going to be really great. It's it's going to be fun. We're putting a lot of work into it. Um, I'm excited about this theater because we got. <laughs> got the keys to the place basically <laughs> nice. um but it's local I, I live here in fulton it's a small town it's only about twelve thousand people um and they're kind of ramping up that historic district so they've been remodeling the whole town they've taken out a lot of phone poles and put up some cool gaslight type things and it's a cool place now and now that they open this theater it's it's time for some music in town because oh, yeah. nobody paid their ass cap fees in town there's no <laughs> there's no music in town we got one honky tonk that's open on saturday nights and that's a you know it's a byob kind of country place and uh it'll be nice to get some real rock and roll in in a large venue in this town and see what we can do with it oh yeah what are the, what are they uh predicting uh, that the turnout's going to be like well you know you hope for a sellout um, they got about a 200 or 250 seat capacity there, which I think the blue note is, is 500, you know? So, I mean, this place is, is comparable to it. Um, but, uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm hoping we really get, you know, a hundred people in at least, or maybe some more. Well, it, it's been more, I spoke with the gentleman today about it and we've had more buzz 
on this show and more tickets sold uh, online and pre-sale than any other show they've thrown there yet. Oh, nice. But that being said, they haven't even had their grand opening yet. So th- it's been plays and uh, and some you know local bands and different shows. I think the K Brothers played there. The Bernie Sisters played there. I-70 Overdrive. They're all these local mid-Missouri bands. Um, but they, it's under construction. And uh, this is kind of the test run before they do the big grand opening and the ribbon cutting ceremony here in town over the place and uh, we're gonna push it to its max we're gonna turn the speakers up as loud as they can go see how <laughs> see how their sound system fares we're gonna have the lights going we're gonna see if that place can uh can even stand the electricity of a show like that so and it probably helps that you've got a reputable band in jcdc that people already know and is and is established it does it does and there's there's a secret to that and uh, I'm going to share the secret on the radio here. Um, it's the same band. Uh, <laughs> some people don't realize that, but uh, yeah, we're the same band. Um, and that's how it started at first. I would just come on and do a set with JCDC guys, and they, you know, threw a couple wigs on, and uh, and and we did it, and it was cool because we could kind of do it right on the money. But uh, once we started getting a little more serious about it. Uh, we went through some lineup changes from some guys, you know, because everybody was in multiple bands. So some of the guys were focused on their bands um, and wanted to do some more stuff with their bands. So we pulled a couple guys in that could focus on this two-band thing a little more. Um, and now we just bill it up as JCDC and Guns Ain't Roses. And that's all. All our shows are pretty much both of those bands together. And with the with the connection going on right now between ACDC and Guns N' Roses, uh, it's kind of ironic that that it kind of, that it works out that way. It was, it was. Tell you the truth, we started this uh, kind of before they really decided to to be all over the place. So I thought, you know, we put this Guns N' Roses band together, and because Guns N' Roses don't play. And now Guns N' Roses is playing everywhere, so you can get tickets to them now. Um, yeah, they but yeah, a few years of a dry spell there between fourteen and sixteen. Yeah, but yeah, it's uh, it's nice to have those guys at our backs there. I mean, Mike, the guitarist for those guys is also a guitarist for a band called Notorious, uh, Invincible Heart, which is a heart tribute band. He's in countless things. Amazing dude. Uh, he's a retired Navy fighter pilot, Top Gun instructor, and he's just the coolest, most down-to-earth guy. And Mike is Slash, by the way. Yeah, Mike is Slash with the Z, Slash. <laughs> and so it's Mike Viscara, and, uh, and and he's really good. Like he's a good, he's a great guitarist. He he's a great musician all around. He can play anything. A guy can play piano. He plays fiddle. He plays everything and he's just like I said the most down to earth guy most humble guy and once you get to know him it's like he's like an onion you're just peeling away layers <laughs> and finding out more and more spectacular stuff about him I've so, met him quite a few times and I can concur he's a really great guy to know and he's a great guy to have in a band man because he never fails he's always on the money he knows his guitar parts and he just he was immersed in that stuff growing up he's just been a rocker since before he was even in the navy so you've got Mike, and uh, so who is Izzy in the band? Izzy is Kane Kirchner of Russellville, Missouri, 
and he uh, he's kind of a young phenom type kid. Even though he's our rhythm guitarist, he uh, cool thing about him is he just looks like Izzy, <laughs> so it works out. And then his you know he's got the clothes for it like nobody's business. I mean, when you set a picture of him and Izzy next to each other, the only difference is Izzy really is wasted in his picture. <laughs> Um, Does he sound like Izzy when he sings? Uh, you know, he doesn't sing much. Uh, now, he's in another band, Old Soul Savage, and I'm the singer of that band. He's the lead guitarist for that band. He does do a lot of singing in that band. But he doesn't really sing in this one. You know, he just kind of plays. And uh, the kid, he, he won Jeff City's Got Talent in 2013 um, at the age of, I think it was 13 years old. Him and his, uh, wow. him and his buddy... Uh, Anthony Bertucci and they'd played together for years and years in bars at the age of 13, 14. You know, they'd always have to have like an X on their hands so they didn't get served. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I, I hooked up with those guys in 2017. We started playing and uh, about a month ago we lost our bassist, which really sucks, um, in a car accident. And, uh, you know, we're still kind of pushing forward. We're still playing and I'm proud of Kane because he's still doing the Guns N' Roses, he's still doing, uh, he's playing tomorrow night at the Rose Music Hall with uh, Old Crow Revival, so he's still playing, uh, phenomenal kid, and I'm so glad to have him on board in this too, and uh, our drummer is retired staff sergeant from the Marine Corps, uh, Manny Ortiz, he's from LA. Everybody in your band military? Yeah, man, I mean, we just got these, it, it turned out that the that's what's cool about the band is that everybody has got something about them, you know, and that's what the way Guns N' Roses was. Everybody was a rock star in that band. There wasn't like, oh yeah, it wasn't just the drummer. It's like you knew Steven Adler was the drummer, even if you weren't into all bands and stuff, you know. Oh like, yeah. So they they were all characters, and that we kind of got blessed with a whole bunch of characters, you know, and uh, even the Brian Johnson uh, Jerry for JCDC, he's the former owner of the Bridge. Um, Jeff City. I didn't know that. Before, you know, uh, they wound up closing the doors right before a tornado just smashed in that building and mm. knocked it down. So, it was a good timing on his part. And he's awesome. He he does lights and sound. Um, and and his day-to-day -day work is, you know, he's got a grown-ass man job, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, everybody's kind of somewhat accomplished in the band, which is really cool. And it makes it easier to work with and makes for bigger shows, for sure. What about Duff? Duff is uh, a guy named Billy Muse. Uh, we met him from an ad that I put out. And uh, so we had a hard time finding a Duff. Okay, because this ain't ACDC bass. You know, this was Guns N' Roses, and he's, he's very... Distinct. Yeah, distinct, and he's playing complicated bass lines, too, from time to time. And he sings, you know, so we're trying to find a Duff doppelganger. And uh, it was so hard to find. And you run into these guys online that really just, they say they're good. They're, they're little click on their, they check mark the excellent box on their <laughs> musicianship, you know, when you're looking through their ad or whatever. And it's, it couldn't be further from the truth, you know. And uh, it got real hard for a minute. I put out this ad that looked like a wanted poster with burnt edges and bullet holes in it, you know, and it had a picture of Duff from 1987 and Duff from 1992. And, uh, and it said, one, a Duff doppelganger, you know, must be able to play Guns N' Roses note for note. I just put that out there just to see what would happen. 
And we got this guy who's 63 years old from St. Louis that wanted to come out and play with us, and he didn't even know Guns N' Roses songs. And through our first rehearsal, he was writing notes with his pencil. And when I'm saying notes, I'm not talking about notes from a classroom. I'm talking musical notes. He was writing musical notes out on his staff like he was writing a sentence. Huh. And I was like, who is this dude? The, the air in between his notes, you can hear. That's how close <laughs> he plays it to the original stuff. And he still gets the names of songs wrong and stuff sometimes, <laughs> you know. The Rocket Queens, man. The Rocket Queens song is cool, you know. It reminds you of like your, your uncle that's like, yeah, rock and roll is great. I love that new band. Nirvana, they're good, right? But he is so freaking good on the bass. It's just, it, so it's cool. There's a lot of different characters in the band, and we got a lot of, a lot of dynamic to it. So we hope to take it far. We hope to take it somewhere important. Is there anything else you want to throw in before we uh, before we wrap up? Keep an eye out for guns and Ro- gunsaintroses.com and oldsoulsavage.com. We own them. We haven't built it yet. We're relatively unknown, um, but we work hard out here where we're at. You know, it's just a Midwest thing right now. But uh, Kid Rock once said, you know, you got to take your town on before you can take your county on, before you can take your state on. Before you know, you can't just go zero to hero and no time flat these guys that are famous that we all hate on all the time are working hard oh yeah um and they did something to get where they're at you know but uh so we're just local but for all the people out there that are listening that that aren't from this area or nothing keep an eye out for us uh, we got a couple of special things going on out here and uh we we got our sights set on getting Getting a little further away from home. You have a YouTube channel or anything? Uh, not yet. It's all just the Facebook shit. Um, you know, if you look up Blackwater on Facebook, um, it'll be linked with Old Soul Savage. The, the Facebook police won't let us change the name of the band. <laughs> so we've got an Old Soul Savage Live Facebook page. It's got a bunch of footage of us just fucking rocking out bars. And that's what we do. And we'll have your links in the description of this podcast. Cool, cool. Heck yeah. So yeah, check out those links and and, and look at the... I, I challenge everybody who's listening to look up every Guns N' Roses tribute band you can on YouTube and just watch some of their videos. And then watch some of our videos. And we're going to have some more videos coming. I think we take it seriously and I would get in a ring with any of those knuckleheads and any of those other bands. They are very, they are a very good band, and uh, it is worth coming out to see. Uh, links are in the description. Uh, we'll we'll put the, t- the the link to buy the tickets at the very top. And if you're listening right now and it's too late and the show's already happened, we'll have their Facebook page and we'll have all all of, all of all, all their shit's gonna be right there. I mean, just 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 look for it. It's right there in the description. Uh, take two seconds and uh, check it out. If you're on Spotify, it's not gonna stop playing the podcast. So that's the good news. Heck yeah. Hey, and also, I'll leave, uh, I'll leave my email in the description because this is going to be, I mean, we're a band for hire. And I know there's not a lot of Guns Ain't Roses, or gun, there's not a lot of Guns Ain't Roses bands out there. <laughs> I know there's not a lot of Guns N' Roses tributes out there, and we do do corporate stuff. We do do, you know, weddings and stuff. Axel, I'm actually the Reverend of Rock. So I can marry you. Oh, you're ordained. Oh, I am ordained. Oh, that's I am cool. ordained as the Reverend of Rock. Um, uh, what church are you ordained through? Um, I don't even know. 
Is uh, it Universal Life? That's the one. Most I'm likely, more. yeah, yeah. That's the one I'm ordained through. So that's you know, I, was I think uh, they said something in their decree. You know, you just have to be good to people. I was like, okay, I can get on board with that. I can get on board with that. So, but yeah, uh, we are looking for work abroad too. You know, like not abroad, but in different regions. We've had uh, we've had uh, Head East was was playing a tour, and Mike was involved with what they were doing. And uh, they had pulled a Guns N' Roses tribute from Ohio to Kansas City to do a show. Well, that's pretty awesome. I do believe it was Kansas City, but it was from Ohio, and they had to pull them from, from all the way up there out to the Midwest. And uh, so we got one out in the Midwest now. We got a big <laughs> one, and we bring all we bring all the big guns. I can't believe I get to play music for a living, even if it is other people's. Turn it up, people. Welcome to another episode of Guns and Radio. This is what, episode number five, right? Episode five, man. We've made it through our first month. Wow. It was a hell of a month so far, I'd say. Sure was. It doesn't even seem like it's been a whole month. Yeah, it feels like uh so much time has passed us. I feel like I've aged and become, you know, blossomed into such a beautiful, beautiful flower, in a sense. <laughs> I'm going to ask you what you blossomed into by the end of this show when we get to the final song. Don't forget. I'll, I'll give you a good answer, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> we both know I will. <laughs> As always, I'm Chris Caputo and joined by my partner in perfect crime, from parts unknown, Dustin Bones. What's up? Hey, that was a good one. I like that, that yeah. pun there. That's nice. I thought about it a couple days ago. Like, I have to use this. He will love that shit. <laughs> <laughs> that is a good one. That is a good one. And on this episode, we are joined by a good friend of ours, Dan from the What the Famicom podcast. What's going on, Dan? Hey, thank you for uh, letting me join you guys and talking about probably the best band on the planet, on this hemisphere. Definitely on this planet. Yeah. I'm right. Yeah, I only, I think I told Chris not too long ago that as I've gotten older, all I talk about are two things in my life right now, video games and Guns N' Roses, and I don't think anyone I know wants to hear me talk about either one, but I was excited <laughs> to get on a podcast about talking about Guns N' Roses. <laughs> I don't think you're the only one that has that problem. <laughs> People at work are like, oh, he's going to see that fucking band again. God damn it. <laughs> Avoid yeah, I, I tell my really. girlfriend every piece of news that comes up, like, not to start early with it, but like with the leaks and all the, you know, all the, the concerts that are coming up and the Not In This Lifetime tour, every time something happens, like somebody's hair gets cut a certain way, like I'm immediately like, oh my God, did you see? Or I'll tell my mom. And like, she, she's been hearing it for 20 years. She doesn't care. And I'll just I'll just go off and tell her. <laughs> my, my mom heard uh, the O2 show when they played it on VH1, and she goes, <laughs> she's much older. And she goes, you drove all the way to San Antonio, Texas, to see that guy, and he can't even sing that good. And oh, I was like, wow, oh, mom, mom, wow. At least you got to see him in O2. I was at the Philly show. I was mm-hmm. like, Mom, please. No, I mean, he was at the O2 Arena. This was like oh, I think he meant like 2002. Yeah, 2011. No, it was, at the, it was that O2 Arena show that they filmed. Oh, yeah, okay, okay. Um, and uh, 
I was like, Mom, Mom, come on. I don't come in your house and talk about Jesus. I don't, don't, don't talk about it. <laughs> That's awesome. So, uh, Caputo. Yep. I was on the internet the other day, and I got to looking at this fabulous new invention that these kids are using these days called social media. And I thought to myself, wouldn't it be cool if you and I got on some of the social media? Well... We are actually on some social media. If oh, you're on Twitter, are? yes, we what? are indeed. <laughs> really? Why? Yeah. Well, do tell, my friend. So, if you're on Twitter or Instagram, you can find us at Guns and Radio Pod. It's all one word. Um, Dan, why don't you go ahead and plug your socials as well while we're at it? Uh, my social, I have an Instagram uh, and a Twitter. It's all at WT Famicom. Uh, my name is a play on. My, I have a gaming podcast. It's a gaming comedy podcast, uh, Instagram, and it's a play on WTF, What the Fuck, and the word Famicom, which is the original name of the Nintendo when it was released in Japan. So there you go. Nice, nice. And don't forget, you can join the conversation by clicking the very top link in our description section of each and every one of our glorious episodes to join our Discord page. I like these said glorious episodes. I like that. <laughs> I should throw There's only the, a few of them. The, There's uh, only a few. <laughs> There's only a few of them, but they're fucking awesome. You guys are lucky enough to get on one. I thought you meant only a few of them are glorious. My, my, my. <laughs> That's what I thought. That's they all are, damn it. I'm honest. <laughs> the rest are so-so. Only a few are glorious. <laughs> well, we've got a great show tonight, guys. You tuned into the right one because we thought we'd try it tonight and see what happened. <laughs> <laughs> can uh, I can I let you guys know something right now? Where I'm recording, I'm on a table, and right next to my computer where I'm recording is the locked and loaded Guns N' Roses box. Oh, nice, nice. I did not buy it for a thousand dollars. I just want to let you know. <laughs> so you're I not just that want crazy. everyone out there to know I did not spend a thousand dollars on this. I waited till it went down to four hundred. Oh, Smart. nice. I was about to ask what it's gotten down to now. Yeah, I think it's at a permanent 400. I mean, I love it. I love just touching it. I know that sounds really weird, but it's like, it's this giant box. I can put like my boxers in there. I can put my socks in there. It's crazy. Dude, I get that because when, when I finally got my hands on a, uh, a uh, original copy of Live Like a Suicide, that, mm-hmm. that's, that's exactly how I was with it. I love to just hold it and look at it. and uh, I played it once to make sure... Uh, to make sure it was uh, legit and I hadn't gotten ripped off, but <laughs> can you imagine? Oh, I'd have been pissed. <laughs> I would have been pissed because the first thing I did was open up the sleeve and make sure it was yellowed on the inside. Oh it's yeah, perfectly pristine white because it's a fucking old record. It's going to naturally yellow on the inside of the sleeve. That was the first thing I checked, and when I saw that, I was I, I got like little goosebumps and shit and. That's amazing. So, so I feel you, man. I feel you on the box set. Yeah. <laughs> I just thought, fuck it. I just, it was there. I was looking at the website. I'm like, you know what? It's been a year and a half. I'm going to go for it. How big is it? Uh, it's like the size of like a footrest. Really? Like, does so that make any sense? So oh. it's huge. Uh, it's, he- it's like 50 pounds. Ooh, I'm trying to think of like what to compare it to, but... It's not huge, huge, but it's huge. It's weird to describe. It's not huge, huge, but it is huge. 
Is that does that make any sense? How about how tall is it? about like maybe a foot and a half, two foot? Probably a foot, foot and a half. Nice. Yeah. I want it even more now. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's something, man. Like if I ever move, if I ever like I'm gonna have to rent out a whole van for this thing, just so nothing touches it. <laughs> Bubble wrap the shit out of it. Yeah, seriously. Just put it in its I'll own use like, my glass body case. To wrap it. <laughs> <laughs> he calls in the kids. Everybody, surround this. Don't touch it though. Oh, I don't have any kids. <laughs> this is my kid. <laughs> like you, you understand? They're I didn't say bomb. they were your kids. That's why you. Oh, can use... <laughs> Just call in kids and say like, "Hey, check it out." <laughs> Kidnapping children to use them as bubble wrap. Yeah, no, no, officer. I didn't kidnap them for anything else. Just to look at my Guns N' Roses box. <laughs> Why'd you call your penis? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. In this day and age, that'd be the first thing you'd think. Yeah. Oh man. So, uh, I had one hell of a week this week. Um, which it's old news by the time you guys are hearing it, but it's new to us at the time of this recording. I just got back from Louisville, Kentucky for the Louder Than Life uh, Music Fest. Oh, man. Oh, dude. And I got my ass whooped at that show. <laughs> you tell us. So, we, uh, I brought somebody with me. And uh, it's a lady that I work with, and, and uh, she's, uh, she's, she's, she's one of my bosses at work. But it's one of those situations where it's like we hang out after work, even though nobody really knows we hang out. They sure did oh, after oh, this weekend. Okay. I mean, no, it ain't nothing like that. Like, <laughs> like, no, we're just friends. She's much older than me. She like, which, I mean, old people have better music when it comes, as long as they like rock and roll. <laughs> yeah, to be honest, it's really hard to find people that like this music. Like, you would think because it's so popular, ton, tons of people are going to these shows, but it's, like, so hard to connect with people that actually love this band as much as, like, obviously all three of us. Oh, yeah. like, And that's the thing. Uh, when you start uh, when you start going to CGNR Live and you start going on a regular basis like I used to, the, the first mm-hmm. thing that you notice and find out is, is that you see the same fucking people at every show. Hmm. That's awesome. And uh, so that's, which is cool because then when you get, you know, when you get there at seven in the morning before they did the night train and the VIP and all that shit, uh, when you used to have to get there at seven in the morning to wait by the door, it was cool because then it's like, hey, you're the guy from Atlanta. Yeah. And didn't I see you in Kansas City, too? Yeah. okay, And then Mm -hmm. here we are in Texas or, you know, so that was always really cool. But uh, I go, I went up there and. My friends who were at the festival were fans of the festival itself and most of the bands. I uh, was there for Guns N' Roses, and they didn't want to leave the hotel when I did. And that's understandable. They do what they want. We're all grown-ass men. So uh, Cease Cease and I left uh, around, I want to say 10, uh, to go there. I think doors were at 11-ish. Anyway, we got there and we were third from the front. Ooh. And I told oh, her because wow. uh, she had a she had a uh, a bad rib, and I promised her I wouldn't tell how she hurt her rib on the show. 
But let's just say, I think her boyfriend's a bodybuilder. Oh, oh. Oh, okay. <laughs> I think it's a little Maybe getting the wrong impression. what happened there. <laughs> Good God. He was bench pressing her. Hey, this is a family-oriented <laughs> podcast. We don't talk about that stuff, right? This is all rated, man. This oh, okay. Family show. <laughs> <laughs> they don't get the joke yet because I haven't told it on air. I don't think. Yeah, I think you told in the first episode the dice story. I told the dice story in the first episode. I rec- I think so. If anyone was else knows, the- you can tweet us. <laughs> okay, was it the first episode that aired, or is yeah, it that think- that one? That's still in the can that nobody's heard yet. I think it was the very first episode we did. I'm pretty sure. I just did a little foreshadowing for something coming in the very distant future. <laughs> very distant. Yeah. Ooh. We'll we'll do the GNR thing and drop leaks of it. <laughs> uh, but uh, so we get there. Back on track. Back on track. We get there, and um, uh, like I said, she's got a, a hurt rib. So when the show starts, it starts out pretty calmly. Amigo the Devil came on and played. Big fan. I enjoyed that show. Uh, uh, he shotgunned to you who? Who is this? Amigo the Devil. I don't think I've ever heard of him. I don't think a lot of people have. He's very indie. Uh, he oh, was okay. the very, very first thing. And it was just him and an acoustic guitar. Uh, mostly joking around, but you could tell he was cutting up and having a good time. Oh, that's good. And you could tell he enjoyed what he did, and he did mostly covers. <laughs> but uh, then came the second band, and guys, I'm going to tell you something. If you guys, this, sec- this band I'm about to tell you about, uh, I'm going to drop a link to uh, their music video uh, in the description of this, just because I am swearing by this band. As a classic rock fan, we rarely, especially as a GNR fan, we rarely get new music. And I think this band is going to go far. They're called Dirty Honey. Uh, They're from Los Angeles. They've got that bluesy kind of Aerosmith sound. And uh, today I found, and maybe it just happened today, um, or two weeks ago by the time you guys hear this, their song, um, When I'm Gone, officially became, uh, made them the first unsigned band to ever reach number one on Billboard. Wow. That's fucking huge. Wow. That is huge. And, uh, that is huge. They, uh, I, I encourage everybody listening to go check out Dirty Honey. Uh, they're coming to my local, the St. Louis area in a couple of weeks, but here's the thing. I like Miles Kennedy and I like Alter Bridge and I like Skillet, but I don't really want to see them. I only want to see Dirty Honey (laughs) (laughs) and I I got to look them up. They're only going to play like four or five songs because they're the very opener of that concert. And I Mm -hmm. don't really want to pay $40 to go hear them play the four or five songs, and then all I'm going to do is walk around the arena and look at merch while Skillet and Alter Bridge plays and hope to bump into Miles Kennedy. <laughs> if he's even still with Alter Bridge, who knows? You guys Miles remember he's the, uh, he was the dude that sang at the end of that movie Rockstar? 
I have not seen that. I don't think. I, I think that's I the actually... Mark Wahlberg movie. Yeah, at the very end, when uh, Mark Wahlberg's character gets like, you know, he's just tired of doing it. He picks some kid out of the audience to like be in the band, and he just walks off. And the dude he picks out of the audience is Miles Kennedy. Oh shit! No way! I didn't even remember this. Yeah, I always remember that because then when he became big in like Alter Bridge and Slash, I'm like, oh my god, it's that guy. <laughs> you know, Mark, Mark pulled out. Yeah, I mean, I, is, my, is it just me or is Miles the ultimate replacement for a singer? Because think about it, with Guns N' Roses or Vel- he even auditioned. He was gonna be the singer for Velvet Revolver at one point. Oh yeah, before, that's right. Before they hmm. broke up, well, when Creed had enough of Scott Sapp shit and they kicked <laughs> him, fucking Scott the Sapp. They hired Miles Kennedy as their new lead singer and formed Alter Bridge. And I believe he's so much better in Alter Bridge than in Slash's band. I think he's better in Slash's band when he's singing the songs that were written for him to sing. Yeah. Okay. You know what I mean? Like yeah. uh, Halo, standing up, Staring Up at the Sun, or whatever the fuck it's called. Uh, Back uh, from Cali. Yeah. Back from Cali, I love Star that. Starlight's a good one. I mean, when it's a song that was written for Miles to sing, I think he does great. It's just mm-hmm. uh, his style and the way he approaches some of the Guns N' Roses songs doesn't really fit. Yeah, when he did the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, right? He performed then? Yeah. Yeah, he did that. Yeah, I wasn't a fan of that. He did like Sweet Child. He did something, but I was like, come on, man, just stop. It kind of hurts to listen to because he sounds it like does. But uh, I don't know. Maybe he's got 30. range. He's, he's we'll got range. Know, we'll know if it's hurting his throat or not in thirty years when you go see Slash and Miles Kennedy and hear "Here it comes, here it comes, time to dirty your hands." <laughs> <laughs> They're gonna do their version of the "Not in This Lifetime" in thirty years. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I've done that on the show yet. Send your hate mail to at Chris C Caputo two one two. Yeah, it's my personal Twitter. I like you're sending them to him. <laughs> Anytime I piss you off, my my personal Twitter account where you can send your hate mail at ccaputo212. <laughs> oh, if anyone does, I will respond and murder them with my words. I don't care. <laughs> Embodied. If you're that stupid to believe that that's my Twitter. <laughs> oh. So anyway, let's continue my story. Um... Uh, it, it, the shit got real about the time that uh, who was it? Uh, Anti Flag went on. I think it's what they're called. Anti Flag, maybe that's what their sign said. I'd never heard of them. That's when the moshing started, and of course, you know, we're standing our ground like you do, and just kind of shuffling around. And uh, then when uh, uh, Oh my God! I just had a one of my favorite band, Dropkick Murphys. I just had a total senior moment. Um, oh wow! <laughs> when Dropkick Murphys, because I love Dropkick, it's one of my favorite bands. But uh, it took me a minute. I was like, "When Drew, huh?" You like your battery drained? <laughs> I know, man. Let me go sip this vodka real quick. <laughs> we'll fix that right up. <laughs> um. But when they went on, that's when shit got real. Because that's when everybody started shoving and everything. 
and uh, it was 110 degrees out there. We were standing in one spot with no water. Every You could beg a security guard to give you a squirt of water every now and then. And, man, we made it right up to the end, and then GNR was uh, 45 minutes late. And oh. uh, during the wait, it was like... I had I had two one of two choices to make and in my head I was I was having this debate. I was like, How bad do I want water right now? Do I want it bad enough to give up the spot? And uh in my head the answer was like slowly leaning toward, Yeah, fuck this, I'm gonna go get some water, I can get close enough to you know what I mean, to make it worth it anyway. Mm-hmm. And uh and then I looked over at Cease and she's a lot older than me. And uh, she looked like she was about to pass out, and she was like, "I think I'm gonna puke." And there was, I was like, "There's nowhere to puke," and she's like, "I don't care, I'm gonna do it anyway." And at that moment, I quit thinking about myself and started thinking for the other person because at that point, I knew she was toughing it out for me, Mm. and I felt guilty. So I was like, "Yeah, fuck this. Let's go get some water." So we went and got some water, which was all the way in the very, very back of the festival grounds and then we came all which we didn't even make it all the way to the back because i stopped at a concession stand because i wanted water now (laughs) (laughs) and so i stopped at the concession stand and said fuck it i'll pay four bucks for some goddamn water i paid eight bucks and got one for each of us because so i could have it now rather than in two minutes that's how bad dehydrate and i honestly thought i was going to pass out a few times i was just putting on a tough face in front of my buddies because you know you don't want your bros to see you see if you uh, weren't with your friend would you have stayed i have before uh i was in san antonio i stayed and i passed out oh Oh, jeez. and uh i came to in san antonio when i passed out i woke up as uh, these two uh, medics were trying to pull me, were trying to lug my fat ass over the guardrail, and I locked onto that fucking guardrail like fucking Spider-Man. Like, I had my damn arms and legs right there. They were like, you have to come with us. And I was like, uh-uh. I'll never get this spot back. It don't matter. You have to come with us. I said, well, then good luck moving my fat ass. That's all I got to <laughs> say to you. I, I hope I hope Axel is listening to this, that he knows you're so dedicated that <laughs> you passed out for him. Uh, yeah. And uh, so anyway, they brought the medics to me in San Antonio. They gave me these little, they, this guy came over looking at me and he tried to reason with me. And I was like, I'm not going to the medic tent. And he's like, fine. And he handed me a bottle of water. And he said, sip on this. Don't guzzle it. Sip on it real slow. Don't share it with anybody. I'll be right back. And he could tell he was pissed. And then he came back and he opened up this little package and it had these little uh, colored discs in it that tasted like, they were like gummy, and they tasted like gummy bears, but they weren't anything but just circles, like they weren't any kind of, like, you know, fun shapes or anything. And he was like, eat these, eat the whole pack. And so I ate all of them. And then uh, uh, he's like, now finish your water, and I finished the water, and he gave me, uh, another, and he said uh, he wanted to watch me drink a whole bottle of water. And so I drank a whole bottle of water, and then he gave me another one and said, uh, I want you to slowly sip on this throughout the show. And if you get thirsty again, uh, let somebody know. 
and then he left and that was the end of it and then security came out and started handing out bottles of water to other people in the front because uh, they made you pour your bottle of water out when you first went into the the festival there that sucks yeah, dumb. you know what i didn't do pay eight dollars for a bottle of water <laughs> nice <laughs> so uh yeah i had to i couldn't i couldn't put her through that anymore because she's my friend and and I, I, I would have felt like shit if she would have got sick or something. It wouldn't have, it wouldn't have even been fun anymore at that point. Yeah. So we went and got water. We came back, and of course the fucking show still hadn't started. We got about the middle of the crowd this time, so there wasn't as much shoving and stuff like that at this point. It was just your usual calf aches and things like that. Because you were standing on gravel. That's another thing. Oh, like, at a concert, you get that concrete floor to stand on. And that can get a little achy, but it ain't nothing like standing on fucking gravel. That was torturous. Mm-hmm. And uh, inhaling all the dust from everybody, because uh, like, uh, everybody would get to jumping up and down, then it would get real dusty, like a cloud of dust would just swoop over you. And uh, so we watched the show. Uh, Axel sound, I, I, I texted Caputo because I promised him some really good pictures, and I would sent uh, Chris a few pictures from the front row while we were directly up front. And I was real excited, and then by the time I gave up, I was like, I was just over it at that point. And uh, so I texted Caputo while we were going to get water. So when you got that that text from me that said this whole thing has just ended in disaster, oh that yeah, was, that was the moment when uh, I gave up and we went to get water. But we would come back and uh, still get really good spots. Like, it was still really, it wasn't like sitting in the nosebleeders where it feels like you're watching other people have a concert. It was still real easy to get into the music. Uh, uh, I thought Axel sounded great, at least on the first few songs. Um, I mean, he did get a little, uh, a little, uh, I guess, tired as it went on. They're playing three-hour shows. I mean, that's crazy. Yeah, I'm not going to be one of these people that's going to get on. Like, I make fun of it from time to time. Like, what do I do with this voice? You know, like, I, <laughs> I make fun of it from time to time, but there, it, it's all in good fun. Well, yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, it's not like any kind of ill will or anything. I don't regret going. Uh, we got back to the hotel, and uh, I just fell backwards on the bed. And I felt like a damn statue. And I slept like a baby that night. Then the next day, uh, I had gotten... uh, Everybody has different words for it. Maybe galded. Or chafed. Or... (laughs) Oh. oh. uh, What's it called? Uh, The Great Balls of Fire. Uh, (laughs) Monkey Butt. I never heard Monkey Butt before. That's new. Uh, The Red Saddle. (laughs) Never heard that. <laughs> the, the Are you just saddle. making these up as you go along? Uh, some of them, yeah. I made up the fire <laughs> saddle just because <laughs> you know when you sit on a saddle, you know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so what? Well, that was rough though, because yeah, I was I was at one point when when we uh, were leaving the show, I was walking away because we still had to walk like a mile away. Uh, then my Uber driver pissed me off, and that's a whole other story. I ended up. Uh, almost getting in a fight uh but you see me walking around like with my legs as far away apart as they'll go taking like giant (laughs) uh like fee-fi-fo-fum steps with every step i would take (laughs) oh my god 
And then my boss is like, what's wrong with you? What's wrong? Why are you walking like that? And I said, don't you worry about it. <laughs> and she was like, oh, you must have the, uh, the, uh, oh, fuck it. She made me laugh. See, after I laugh and, and break out of it, then I can't get back to it. She's like, anyway, she, she knew I was chafed at that point. <laughs> And, so I, have a, uh, I have a question, actually, since you were at the show. How do you feel about the set list being the same? Uh, the, the, I, I, was, I, I was getting around to that. Um, okay. I was actually getting around to that. To me, it's not that big a deal because it ain't like it was uh, from 2011 to 2013 where I went to every, uh, every show that I possibly could go to. Mm-hmm. Like I used to go to five or six of these a year. Wow! And uh, since slashing them came back, uh, the prices more than tripled, and I was like, "No!" And I, the only reason I went to the one in St. Louis is because I won tickets on the radio. Oh, that's awesome! And uh, that was show number thirteen. Uh, unlucky number thirteen in St. Louis. So I that was is like, awesome. eh, "You know, maybe this will be the one I finally get to be at a riot." <laughs> uh, I, I honestly I hate to say I kind of hope that happens at each one uh, but I kind of hope that happens at each one I mean, I'd be lying if I said anything else because a friend of mine asked me because they're from St. Louis about the riot things like what are you going to do if you know you go to the show and there's a big riot and I said motherfucker I'm going to be up there stealing with them I'm gonna be, <laughs> uh, what the fuck do you think I'm going to be doing I'm going to be trying to get me one of them Les Pauls off the side of the stage that's what the fuck I'm going to be doing <laughs> I've been, slash apps. Those are expensive. I've been scarred with a riot. I was at the uh, 2002 show in Philly. I was hype as shit to go see them. And I had the same love I have now as I did then. And everyone made fun of me. And it was December December 6th, 2002, I believe. I had the tickets. Yeah. I went. He didn't show up. A riot happened. My, I think my sister saw me on the news. She like told my dad she saw me on the news coming out of the stadium. And I was like, this is like the worst thing ever. Like, I had that scar. I had that, like, burned in my brain until, like, four years later when I saw them. Did they not show? Was there all their, was all their shit still there? Um, I think with the Philly show, it was infamous. So I don't know how much you guys know about that one. But the opening act was CKY and Mixmaster Mike, the DJ. Uh, it was the old 2 tour, yeah. Yeah. So Mixmaster Mike kept playing. He just kept DJing. He kept like, kept playing with his you know records, and I'm, everyone's like, "What the fuck is this guy doing? This set's going on for like an hour now." And everyone's just like, "What? Get off stage! What are you doing?" So the guy kept trying to kill time because Axel wasn't there. Nobody knows the truth. People say he was uh, in LA watching a Lakers game. People say he was in the air. People say he was like, I don't even know. Honestly, he could be in outer space when that was happening. <laughs> but people like they announced like an hour or an hour and a half or two hours after they were supposed to go on the intercom was like guns and roses are not going to be going on and people just started throwing things i saw a chair on fire they like i remember hearing this they because i i worked at the stadium at that time too so i knew some of like the managers and security people they actually put a lot of the women security like women employees and women security guards like away like in a room because they were afraid that like drunk guys would like try to like attack them oh my god yeah it was crazy and everybody made fun of me because everyone's like we told you wasn't going to show up and i'm just like i was like a 
I forgot how old it was. I think I was like 17. I'm like, shut up, guys. Leave me alone. (laughs) (laughs) Man, it sucks being in high school and being a classic rock fan and not giving a fuck about what they're listening to. Yeah, everybody listened to, uh, I think like it was like Linkin Park or Limp Bizkit was probably still big then. Oh, God. I was the only person. So we're about the same age because I hated that was the that was the cool thing when I was a kid in high school. Okay, yeah, we're probably the same age. Oh my god! Yeah, it was. I just remember some kid. Not just to go a little off, like because I was like all hardcore about Guns N' Roses. Some kid was like, "Hey, do you listen to Lincoln Park?" And it was the year they came out, and I was like, "Who the fuck is Lincoln Park? Did you guys listen to Guns N' Roses?" <laughs> like I was like, oh, "I'm listening to these albums from Guns N' Roses." Like, did you hear the new song? Oh my god! And these kids are like, "What? What the fuck is that shit?" <laughs> yeah, basically, I'm getting made fun of. I'm like tagging Guns N' Roses in my school bag. I'm not even kidding. <laughs> I was lucky enough to be from the South, so everybody at least still liked ACDC. Rednecks love ACDC. Oh yeah, yeah. No, you're lucky. You're really lucky that you were still you still had like a genre that people liked in your area. Yeah. Like I'm from Philly, so like I feel like more on the East Coast, people are trying to get into what was hip. You know. Yeah. Yeah, but what was hip back then was quite shit. I'm sorry. Yeah. Like, well, guess what? Lincoln Park. I mean, no offense to the guy in Lincoln Park, but like they kind of felt they were not as like huge as they were. And Limp Bizkit, nobody cares about. Uh, who else? Like, what other bands from 2002? You know, can you even talk about anymore? Yeah, this is true. I've said that classic rock uh, is not going to be a thing in the future. We're not going to have. There's not any classic music anymore because so much shit comes and goes. I mean, you might like remember, like, what was that song that went like da 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 da? da you know what I mean, like. But nobody remembers. Nobody will be able to tell yeah. you. In fucking 20 years, ain't nobody going to know who the fuck Drake is. <laughs> I yeah. mean, uh, that's, that's why I was telling you, you know, about that band Dirty Honey. That's why I got so excited after seeing their show, because they put on a classic rock show with brand new songs. And and it's got that blues, man, that's, that's why I was happy. And then I was so happy when they went to number one. Without being signed or nothing, and because I gotta look them up, we don't get new music, man. Like and when we do, it's shit. I like uh, Greta Van Fleet. I don't know if you guys do. How you feel? Never They're all right. I like them, but that, I kind of felt the same way. Like you don't hear anything or any good rock at all. So like, even if someone thought they were okay, like you do, Chris, like still you don't hear that anymore. So the fact that I heard that and then I heard it on the radio and then they got bigger, I'm like. Thank God. Like, thank Christ that somebody's playing a guitar on the fucking radio. Yeah. To me, though, they sound like a 2019 Led Zeppelin, which is good and a bad thing. Yeah, is no, that I the agree. one that's the guy from Led Zeppelin's kid or something? No, no. Yeah. These are just like, it's like a bunch of brothers and like one random, one of their friends. They're all like, they're all like yeah. really young. They're like in the early 20s. And the, and the lead singer has like, he's really short. He has curly, short, curly hair, and he's got uh, Robert Plant's voice. Oh, nice. Yeah. I didn't know he was even still alive till recently. Oh, wow. How old is he? Yeah, he's like almost 80. See, that's that Mandela effect, man, because I refuse to believe I'm wrong about something. Uh, <laughs> uh, I thought they died in a plane crash. You thought Robert Plant died in a plane crash? Yeah, all of Led Zeppelin. 
You thought, isn't that uh, Leonard Skinner? No. No, that was someone else. Fuck. No, that was Led Zeppelin. Mandela effect, man. I done told you. Okay. <laughs> I wasn't Robert Plant, wrong about 71. It was, it, okay, look, man. It is a much more plausible idea that the universe shifted me into a parallel dimension somehow rather than me be wrong about something. I like that. Okay, I agree. <laughs> that's, why, that's why I believe in the Mandela effect. Okay, <laughs> I like that. But uh, back at the festival, uh, we uh, we went to day two, and this time we hung out with my friends, and we just kind of uh, hung around the back and everything. And uh, we we would get about the middle of the crowd if it was a band we wanted to see. Like I was curious to check out in this moment because I'd heard some things about them and uh, really enjoyed it. Um, Some forty one did a good job, a hell of a job. Oh wow, they're still around. Yeah, they played uh, the Sunday show. And, wow. oh, man, I was breaking out Sum 41. I forgot about them, to be honest with you. <laughs> I was breaking out Sum 41 on my Spotify all week after that and just thinking about that <laughs> festival. And uh, who else was good? Marilyn Manson was good. And if you're a Manson fan and you want to give me shit because Axl Rose has put on a few pounds, you can kiss my ass because uh, that motherfucker is chonky. Really? <laughs> the days of counting his ribs to see if the rumor was true are fucking over. Oh, shit. <laughs> I haven't seen him in a little while. I did like his stuff. I think it was like an album or two. The last album or two that came out, he got a little bit heavier, like back to his roots of like his what an early 90s shit was, and I kind of liked it. What was the one that he put out uh, in the mid-2000s where it was like a black cover with green writing? Uh I don't Black remember green writing. I don't remember the name of the album, but it was a very plain. I was just excited for a new Marilyn Manson record, so I bought it, and it sucked. And uh, I listened to it once, and ended up throwing it away. Like literally oh, wow. throwing it away. Was it the one that had "If I Were Your Vampire" on it? Possibly. Because I remember that one kind of sucked. I remember that being the only good song on it. Possibly. I don't know what I came into it expecting, but I guess better. yeah we always do um man you know how like you know your like like the new bon jovi record that came out in like 2012 how it sucked um i hate when that happens man i can't listen to bon jovi anymore at all oh god no 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 he's fucking terrible he makes music for like your mother now basically (laughs) yeah it's crazy oh man i still like the hits I had the album with what was the album called? Where it was uh, "It's My Life." Was that slippery? Then no, no, no. That was uh, no, no. Hang on, I'm gonna look this up. Because whenever whatever album that was, that was the last time I legitimately was like, okay, he's still making like pop, metal, rock, whatever you want to call it. And then anything after that was like, shit. I, I don't even know what he was. Yeah, it's from the album Crush. Crush. That's what it was. Yeah. I think I had that. He turned uh, kind of country there, kind of had that country sound that for a little bit for a couple of songs. Uh, I wasn't crazy about that, but uh, I have good memories tied to Bon Jovi because uh, uh, one of my old bosses at one of my old jobs, she was beautiful. She was like one of those cougar meals. And, 
when I quit that job, uh, I ended up just shooting my shot because I'd see her at the office all the time, and I thought she was like the hottest woman on the planet. And uh, so she ended up, I ended up talking her into going out on a date with me, and we ended up dating for about three or four months. And uh, she found out, you know, what kind of music I was into, and she was into that music too, because of course she was. She was a cougar milf. And. And she was like, I remember my first, because she didn't say CD. It was first she said CD ever. And I was like, your first CD? I was like, you mean your first tape? Vinyl record, maybe? <laughs> yeah, I, would think I, I wasn't going to go that. I wasn't going to go that old. But she was like, yes, it was on tape. It could have been on vinyl and she could have been lying. But <laughs> And I said, what was it? And she goes, it was slippery than wet. No, no, no. I said, I said, what was it? And then I said, she said it was Bon Jovi. And I was like... Oh, so uh, it became a. I said, so it was your love is like bad medicine, and I was just joking, like being funny, and it turns out that was it. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> and so uh, throughout the duration of of that relationship, our song was uh, "Your Love Is Like Bad Medicine." We'd go out to a karaoke bar, and I'd sing it, and fucking, we'd go out to party or something. And I'd request it at the DJ booth. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, that's a, I like that story though. You uh, think you 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 were crushing, and then you stopped working there, and you actually dated her. Yeah, I couldn't believe she said yes. Yeah, that's crazy. That happened to me too. That's I mean that's who I'm with right now. It's the same thing. I like went to a coffee shop all the time, and baristas are nice to everybody. And I asked a barista out, and I've been dating her for like four and a half years now. Oh shit! Nice. That's a, that's, a, that's a better score than mine, man. Cause that I, does not happen. That's not like that does not happen in real life. I'm telling you that nobody ever gets the barista or the bartender. Yeah, right. Like, how the fuck does that happen? This guy does. <laughs> Dan the man. Dan no the homie. fucking man. They're like, there he goes, Dan the man. You know how oh, yeah, they give everyone like a nod. I, I tip my cap. Hello, sir. <laughs> <laughs> there he goes homie actually got the barista <laughs> I heard that the reason the bar shut down early was cause... <laughs> oh, wow. oh but yeah that's that's my story for uh, the show we, we had a great time but it took days I'm still recovering from it um, the first thing I did, of course, I had to work the next day when I got home, so I went to work. Oh, that sucks. And uh, I came home after work, and uh, I sat down on the couch and was going to... Uh, I had every intention of folding that basket of laundry that's still sitting there <laughs> on the couch <laughs> as I speak. Um, and uh, I was going to turn on some TV for a second so I'd have something to listen to, because all I watch is music videos anyway. So I just pull up YouTube. Uh, I keep a playlist to start with, and I pick a song in it, and I usually just let the YouTube gods, you know, give me my MTV that way. Hmm. And uh, uh, I did. I don't even remember what song it was, but I don't think I made it through the first song before I, I kind of just sat back to relax and fell the fuck asleep. I got off at 3.30 in the afternoon, so this would have been about 3.45. I woke up at 7 at night. And you know how, like, if you take that midday nap, it's real hard to go to bed at a decent hour? 
Oh yeah, I do it all the time. All the time. Not for me, goddamn it! I woke up at seven, went fuck that laundry, walked straight to my bed, and fell the fuck asleep again. <laughs> I was pissed <laughs> off when my alarm went off. But anyway, yeah, that's my story for the for the big festival. Nice. Hey, you guys have any plans going to any sh- any other shows? Like Guns N' Roses shows coming in your area at all? No. Uh, none are coming to my neck of the woods, so fortunately uh, it's a no from you. We were going to talk about the set list. I enjoyed the set list for what it was, um, just because I haven't. I feel like had I not been following GNR as heavy as I do, uh, I would have enjoyed it a little bit more, especially if I didn't know they were going to play Wichita Lineman and Black Hole Sun. Mm-hmm. Uh, that those would have been some neat surprises. Because I remember when I first saw them the first time ever, uh, I wasn't deep into this community like I was, like I am now. Um, and when they played Riff Raff and Whole Lot of Rosie, I thought that was oh fun. shit, yeah. So I can see how somebody that's that's just a, a you know, not I hate to say casual fan because I, I don't like gatekeepers. A fan is a fan, but somebody yeah, yeah. Who's, who's not as immersed in this community uh, as the three of us are. I can see how, you know, everybody bitches about Wichita Lineman and uh, uh, and Black Hole Sun at this point. But, you know, to somebody that's not expecting to hear those songs, it's a neat little surprise. Now, granted, I don't think anybody ever asked for The Seeker. <laughs> you no. mean The Seeker? <laughs> God, no. Chris, how do you feel about the set list? Oh, gosh. It's, like, okay now, but I feel like... Like, A, like, a lot of those, like, user illusion songs that, like, came back out of nowhere, like, you know, like, Coma and, like, Double Talk and Jive kind of lost its luster now. So, like, replace those. I would say replace those with, like, some other, like, random, like, illusion songs that, like, pop, get, like, a little pop from from the crowd. Maybe it feels hardcore, too. And also less covers. Like, Black Hole Sun, it was cool because, like, oh, it was around the time when Chris Cornell, you know, died, passed away, whatever. But now it's, like... It's a little overkill, and especially with Wichita Lineman. Like, it's an okay cover. I wasn't, like, crazy about it. It's good. But, like, do I need to hear it, like, in every set list? Probably not. <laughs> yeah, I have a weird, like, I was on a Discord, and somebody was complaining about the set list, and I'm, like, thinking, I agree and I disagree. And then I thought about it. I'm, like, I don't think anyone's really thinking about the fact that, like, yeah, I am I am tired of some of these songs. I agree, because we're so immersed in this we see the same set list all the time because we're like visibly looking at these lists. But imagine like these dudes lost 23 years of playing together. And I feel like to them playing the same, like playing, you know, even if it's black hole sun, but playing like coma or playing double talk and jive, like again, missing out on 23 years, then playing three years in a row with that song. Like I'm thinking about like, they probably enjoy the shit out of it just because they're playing together because they're friends again. So I'm kind of like, you know, I don't think people are really taking that into consideration. Yeah, it's fun for them to play it because they're friends now. Oh, you're definitely right. It's good that I feel like it's good that they've got that animosity, even without the. If Slash had never came back to the band, I feel like it's good that that they don't have any bad blood because that shit. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? Probably it was, and because uh, I see it happening all the time, wrestling business. Uh, in fucking real life and shit, it's that nobody's mad anymore, 
uh, but they think the other guy still is. Yeah. So they yeah, know totally. neither one of them ever makes the call. You're too scared to find out if you were right. Yeah. And, I think the, and, and pride. Yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. If, if, if he is still mad, you don't want to be the one that apologized when you ain't mad no more. Yeah. But do you think it'd be as... I don't think it would be, but how do you think this tour would be if it was Duff was just the one that came back? I think it'd be fine because I like Bumblefoot. Like, do you think you don't think it would be as big, right? No, no way. Big, but you know what? I'd still be sitting in the front row because I could afford tickets. Yeah, yeah, right. (laughs) Once Slash came back, he upped that. Because when Tommy left uh, to go back to the replacements for those few months, and Duff filled in for him. Mm Hmm. That's pretty much what happened. And yeah, that's right. Yeah, shoot up. Nobody really, I mean, honestly gave a fuck. It was cool to have Duff back, but, uh, I mean, it didn't. It didn't make nobody gave a fuck till Slash came back. And then all of a sudden, yeah. you know, what's funny is all these years I said if the only thing they did was leave the band exactly as is. And just bring back Slash. All of a sudden, it'd be this big Guns N' Roses are re- reunited. Reunion, and yeah. Exactly what the fuck happened. <laughs> yeah. And he I, called uh, it. I called that shit years ago. Now it's the number three it. tour of all time. Holy fuck. Damn. Yeah, that, that's a great reaction to that because that's insane. I would not be thinking that five years ago that Guns N' Roses would have the number three tour of all time. Jesus. That is amazing. Yeah. Who are they behind though? Like, uh, weirdly, I think it's U two and the the pop singer Ed Sheeran. Really, okay. I thought Madonna would be on there. Yeah, I'll too. Madonna. Yeah, uh, I think Madonna. Madonna might be like, I she's on the list, but I don't think it's the top three. Really, or Michael Jackson? He might be like four or five, to be honest. Hmm. That's insane. Yeah. Well, guys, uh, do we have any ground? Oh, speaking of big things, uh, that festival I went to, turns out, was the biggest rock festival in America. Damn. What? Really? I didn't even know it. Like, I think it was because of the, the Guns N' Roses. The Day of Guns N' Roses sold out and was the first sold out festival I've ever been to. Oh, I've never shit. even heard of that. I've never heard of a lot of them like, before they showed up. Uh, me neither. But it turns out my buddies from home go every year, and they said that uh, this year with the Saturday show was the most people they'd ever seen there ever. Because like even in the back, like you know, you got around the stage. Of course, you can't move because you're elbow to asshole with everybody. <laughs> but apparently, it was uh, the further back you got, it didn't get much better. And I remember when we went to get water and stuff, there was still tons of people all around us. So, like, I believe it. They showed, uh, there's an aerial photo on my Facebook account of what the crowd looked like. I'll try to share that on our Discord channel so you guys can see it. But, yeah, it turned out uh, uh, after the was all said and done was uh, America's biggest rock festival. Wow, that's insane. Headlined by the boys. Well, yeah. Well, you guys got anything else that we should cover before we get into... Uh, the meat of this episode? Nah, I'm ready for some meat. 
Actually, just one more thing, though. I remember, uh, I know, Dan, you are talking about being at the without the O2 Philly riot there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, to sort of add on to that, I was kind of remembering, I believe the reason why that happened, because I remember Guns played Madison Square Garden, I believe, was the night before or two nights before? I think, I on think that it was tour. actually the night before. Yeah, the night before. And apparently the rumor that from what I remember was that Axel was still in New York. He was watching the uh, Knicks okay. game or something and didn't even show up to the fucking That's right. Show. He wasn't in. Yeah, okay. He wasn't in the air. He was, yeah. He, yeah, was, he was just was... A, a state away. He was the next state away. <laughs> and he couldn't even fucking make it. And then the promoter pulled the plug on the tour. Oh, fucking clear channel. Yeah, that's fucking. <laughs> yeah, I hear a lot of like. I think I heard something from another like ex band member and they were like, Yeah, it was Clear Channel. I think it was Josh Freeze or Brain. I think it was a brain interview I read. And he was like, Yeah, it was Clear Channel. Like we don't know actually know what happened, but Clear Channel was the one that said like we're pulling the plug on this whole tour. Well, after two riots, I think you would want to Oh yeah, the the riot that started it. Holy shit. Yo, this dude is the king of riots. You know what it makes me think of? Have you ever seen that movie, Get Him to the Greek? Yes. Oh, yes. That's, that's what it makes me think of. Getting Axl Rose to a show. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> what it takes to get him to get on stage? Holy shit. The stories behind that are fucking phenomenal. Yeah. I really don't buy the story that the promoter, whoever pulled a, put a gun in his face. I heard that one recently. I never heard that. What Clear Channel? Someone put a gun in Axel's face. Uh, I, I, I'm not. I, I don't want to. And they were like, "Play my this. world, or else." <laughs> no, it was probably during the User Illusion tour. I think that happened. Uh, okay. God, There's so many stories Wichita from there. Play Wichita Lineman to the day you die. It was Glenn Campbell himself with it. You know what? I think we may have stumbled on something, guys. Because you know how Axel used to walk around with that little bitty dog. Yeah. Did he, did he? Yeah, you remember his little bitty dog he used to have? No, no, I don't. He probably still has it. I just haven't seen him. Uh, the first time I ever saw him getting on his tour bus, he was holding a little bitty dog. And then I saw him somewhere else holding a little bitty dog. And uh, I was like, man, that's what happened, man. Some some Wichita lineman fan was like, man, I want to hear Guns N' Roses play this song so fucking bad. And then it was like that movie Screwed where they kidnapped the dog. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Oh man. So anyway, <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna go ahead and start. And if you guys want to watch along with us, I'll try not to pause and play too much because last week we had too much fun. With since I don't have you, and uh, what we did that time was we just sort of watched a video of it. Mm. And uh, so whenever possible. I'm sure we won't be able to do this in every episode. I'm going to try to get us a video to watch along. And uh, I'm probably still going to pause it. So you guys try to watch it on your phones. Don't bring it up on your TVs or anything. Uh, but the video we're going to watch is uh, from Wembley Stadium. The, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna listen to Knocking on Heaven's Door. We're going to break it down. But at the same time, we're going to watch uh, a video from the Freddie Mercury tribute uh, show. Which is also the version featured on Live Era. Oh, the best so, live version ever, I think. Oh, I didn't, I didn't know. I actually didn't know that that was the version on Live Era. Yeah, and the only I thought half of Live Era was re-recorded. You know, it's the urban legend. I don't even know if that's that was true the whole rumor. Yeah, so it's like 
Live Era 99 with like Axl Rose and his new band or something. Yeah, he Definitely did it the day parts before. of it were re recorded because Slash talks S- about that in his book. That's so cool. Here and there, it sounds like it. If you really listen close, it kind of could be true. If you like really listen really close to certain songs, yeah. Because Slash wow. said Live Era was the easiest Guns N' Roses record he ever worked on because he didn't <laughs> uh, he didn't do oh, anything, but uh, like he communicated with Axel through attorneys. And they would tell him what he needed to do, and he'd record guitar parts, and they never actually were in the studio together. But uh, they do, um, on the original CD, they didn't list where everything was from. Fans kind of speculated on that. But if you go to their YouTube channel, um, and you look up Live Era, each one of them has a, uh, in parentheses, where or when it was recorded. Uh, Even on like Spotify too. Yeah, I I wouldn't I would take it with a grain of salt if it wasn't on the official Guns N' Roses shit, you know. Mm-hmm. So that's what we're gonna watch. Uh, if you need to pause the podcast, look it up. It's from the Freddie Mercury tribute show, knocking on heaven's door. If you want to watch along, uh, and with that, if you guys are ready, let's get started. Let's do it. I'm ready. While we're getting started here with the intro, which is a beautiful intro, by the way, but it's not really part of the song, uh, I'm going to read you a few notes here that I've gotten. Knocking on Heaven's Door, for those of you who do not know, was originally written by Bob Dylan for the soundtrack for the 1973 film Pat Garrett and Billy the Kid, which is something I did not know that. I didn't know it either. It turns out this is one of those storytelling songs about Pat Garrett and Billy the Kid. Yeah. I honestly, for years, I've always thought this song was about a cop that killed somebody and was feeling guilty. Oh, wow. I didn't even think... I I, I didn't never thought too much into it. Yeah. I didn't think of it. Yeah, it could be. Well, what I thought it was was uh, a cop that was getting ready to commit suicide over the guilt of killing someone. I don't know. That's what I put out of it. It's an interesting viewpoint. Yeah. So I learned something new in doing the research I did for for this show. It's also been covered by Eric Clapton, Randy Crawford, and many, many, many other artists. I also heard rumor there might be an acoustic version from Guns N' Roses floating around somewhere out there. Oh, it has been for a while. Featuring alternative band members? (laughs) Yes. I like the way he said that. Alternative. There's a whole CD with takes of it. (laughs) Or so we've heard. Yeah. It was a very mellower version. Matt Sorum was a beast, man. He was. Oh, I loved Matt Sorum. You know his first show was Rock and Rio '91. Oh, no. it was Dizzy Reed's first show too, I think. Was it really? That's your debut show. What? How many million people are watching you? That is amazing. Yeah, like, no wonder I would have shit like... myself beyond the drum sit, drum kit. Like that's crazy. Dude, Dizzy is a fucking animal on that piano. God bless his dedication to Axel. God, yeah, he's been Why there. Would he? Yeah. He's like, I'm dizzy. I'm not Slash. I can't. <laughs> like, yeah. 
I mean, Chris, you're a huge GNR fan, and you didn't know till last week, I don't think, or two weeks ago, that there was a Dizzy Reed solo album. Yeah, because I knew he had like a side project. I didn't know about his solo album, and I have to check that out still. It is great. I only, I know about Hookers and Blow. Is that yeah. still a band? You, it's still around. You don't even know that Dizzy Reed has a solo album. <laughs> no, it's no. been out for over a year, and nobody. I'm knows. Sorry, and I met Dizzy too. I know. Did he smell <laughs> like pot? Pause. I don't think he did. Unfortunately, I've met Dizzy Reed four times. And I hate to throw them on, but I'm a weed smoker myself. There, I'll just say it. But um, I've met him four times, and I have never met him, and he did not smell like straight-up marijuana. Wow. The cops are going to come. They're going to kick down his door now. <laughs> Nobody gives enough. <laughs> Isn't it legal or something in California? I don't know. I don't even know. Yeah, it's legal, I'm pretty sure, in all of California. It's one of those real states. Yeah. <laughs> This is during the uh, the era of Axel. Is he wearing the kilt or has he got the shirt tied around? He had the pretty backup singers. Now, Tracy and Roberta. Like, I feel like this was the era. Like I feel like Knocking on Heaven's Door. This came out. Knocking on Heaven's Door came out before November Rain, correct? Um. Yeah, this uh, came out in 1990. Yeah, it was. Uh, Part of the Days of Thunder soundtrack. Yes. Yeah, let's see. I've so got I. The day Tom Somewhere, yeah, 1990, June 26, 1990. So about two years I before. I feel like Illusion. I feel like Knocking on Heaven's Door was the first look at the new Guns N' Roses with like the backup singers and the trumpets, and you know what I'm saying? Like it was the first more lavish Guns N' Roses, like as opposed to like the sleazy Guns N' Roses from 87, 89. I feel like once they got in the studio to make Use Your Illusion, like he wanted to add everything, and I feel like Knocking on Heaven's Door was like their first foray into like we're gonna bring in. You know, everything in the kitchen sink. We're going to have backup singers. We're going to have, like, you know, shit like that. I don't disagree. But, see, that's when I came in, too, though. I didn't see, of course, I don't remember. But the first, uh, my first real exposure to GNR was I used to have a a tape uh, in, I don't remember what grade. I was still just a kid, though. I was raised in a very religious household. And I'd managed to get my, my hands uh, somehow. I think a friend gave it to me hmm. uh, on one of the Illusion tapes, the VHS tape. Oh, wow. And uh, I did some looking into it because I got curious as to what the fuck was that tape. And it turns out it was uh, there was two of them. I didn't have both of them. I just had one of them. Uh, I had the first one, the one that went, the one that ended with November Rain. Okay. And uh, that was the first I ever saw GNR. So that was your first exposure. Oh, yeah. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I just think it was, like, the next era of Guns N' Roses. Like, everyone's so used to, like, the sleazy songs. And then this comes out, Not Guns N' Roses, big, bombastic, you know, anthem of a cover. That was, like, a slow, solemn, you know, like, Not Guns N' Roses is, like, a slower, like, more peaceful song. Well, what are you going to do? Just repeat the same shit over That's and true. Over. And I and I love that they just took it and made it. They took it like like it was a little knife and they turned into a shotgun of a song. That's the beautiful thing about this band is no two albums sound alike. Yeah, I don't think people realize that. People just associate it with like a Paradise City, like just a rock and roll band. But they're like, they do progress. 
I wonder what those ladies look like now. One of them, I believe, passed away, I think. Oh, man, why don't you got to tell me that? Yeah, wow, bummer. I'm just trying to remember. I think one of them was on uh, Appetite for Distortion. You're right. A I didn't ago. listen to that episode, but I, I do remember seeing a description. It was one of the backup singers. You're right. I think it was, yeah, Tracy, I think it was. Or was it Roberto? What about, Teddy, no, Zig- what about Teddy Zigzag? What's he up to? Oh, he's still around. Oh, yeah, because I remember when I was little, he was Pirate Guy. He was Pirate Guy? <laughs> yeah. Because in the illusion video, he's dressed like a pirate. Oh, I had those. I had those VHSs. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. Oh my God, I had them. You know who's the last name I learned from this band? Because we didn't have the internet yet. Axel. Was the last name you learned? Yeah. Because he tells Axel tells everybody's name in the first tape except his own. Oh, wow. That's true, yeah, when he does instructions. Yeah, that's how I learned how everybody's name was. That's great. Man, I'm going to tell you, old Brando quit answering my messages because when he had Cherry Pie Girl on there, I I was like, come on, man, you got to hook me up. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he's doing good with those interviews. He's getting some good stuff. Oh, yeah, man. I like what he's doing. It's a good show. Mm -hmm. I just noticed Axel's shirt has Jesus on it and says, Kill Your Idols. I feel like I've seen that somewhere else before. Yeah, he's definitely worn that before. Yeah, I feel like the only place I've ever seen that is off of him. Powerful message. Yeah. I wish more people idolized Justin Bieber. (laughs) Fuck it's that, just, bring the Charles Manson shirts back. <laughs> oh, shit, yeah. Look at your game, now. girl. <laughs> you thought it was uh, controversial back in the fucking, what, 90s? Mm-hmm. I want backup singers, man. Just follow me around and while I'm humming around at work. This is their first song where they had, like, audience participation, right? I think this is the only audience participation. Oh, the audience. Yeah, the only one, which I kind of like because it, like, builds up. And then, you know, he does the classic, I don't want to spoil it. But I think you guys know what I'm I'm talking about. Give me some blank. Ooh, give me some reggae. There you go. Perfect I missed that. I love that. Give me some reggae. I want that on my tombstone. (laughs) It's not even reggae, but fuck it. (laughs) Yeah, right. And in, in uh, Vegas, when they had the strippers, did you guys ever see any of those videos? Well, it was on the Appetite for Democracy DVD. Yes, I was oh, yeah. in one of the Vegas shows. Which one? I not in. I wasn't on the DVD. I went to the twenty eighth of November in twenty twelve, twenty seventh or twenty eighth. Was it the last? I think I was there, dude. No, it actually it was like the second to last show. I was at the second to last show, and I was at the last show. Oh shit! Yeah. Oh my god, we were at the same show then. Oh, that's dope, man. What it went on so late, I couldn't stay awake because I had to leave the next day on a plane, and it was like getting to like three in the morning. We went to the after party, or not? It was like an after meeting with Bumblefoot. We got to hang out with the band. Oh, I did that before. That's why I met I met DJ Ashka and Bumblefoot. Yeah, DJ was really cool to me. Yeah, I stunned the fuck out of DJ. <laughs> I'll tell like you that Stone Cold stunned him. 
Uh, let's see. This is uh, the first uh, GNR song to uh, reach number one. And uh, let's see. And they actually started playing it in 19... Like 87? Yeah, 87. Long before they ever recorded it to uh, stretch out their set list beyond the songs that they had. That's smart move. Smart move. Because I remember, like, they played this live, even on the uh, on the locked and loaded box. I know there's a couple live tracks from the from like a London show, like in eighty late eighties, and knocked on. Yeah, the there's one on here. I think it's buried under the tattoos in the. Uh, they, they... Well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. I made it easy for you. I only paused once, so thank you for watching along with us. Sorry, Firehouse <laughs> Subs. I'm not going to watch your shitty commercial. Um, but, yeah, there's plenty of different versions of it out there that are great for checking out. And if you have checked all of those out and you still want another one, I hear that if you uh, do your do your treasure hunting, do your research, talk to the right people. There might be one more out there. And it's pretty good. There's a whole disc of them. There's definitely a couple more. I've only heard the one, to be honest. Just the acoustic one? I've heard that one. That's the one I heard. Yeah, There's also one. an electric one, like similar to what they would play live in O2, but without Axel's vocal. Ah. That was really cool, because that's Actually. like you get the uh, Buckethead's like, sort of solo on that one, and it's like fucking amazing. I guess the only uh, when it the one I recently heard, I was uh, I was like okay, it's whatever. Only because it's a song that we've heard trillions of times, like any variations of. So for me, I didn't think it was anything too special. Was it a part of the uh, re-recording of Appetite? Those sessions? It might have been. No, these are all it's, one. Okay, you. I think you're right, but it's still it. Yeah, nothing like it didn't do anything for me. It was just cool to like hear like something from that era. But I was yeah. like, okay, like it's not going to heaven's door. It's the it's a Guns N' Roses song. It's more Guns N' Roses than Bob Dylan anymore. Oh, absolutely. I, I, yeah, I mean, you've got to be a diehard uh, Bob Dylan fan to, uh, which I mean, Bob Dylan, great artist, has great songs, is a great songwriter. But I feel like you're right. This is definitely one of those uh, few songs in life that the cover gets more popular than the uh, than the original. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, totally. Especially in this case. I think the other one is probably "Live and Let Die." That's oh yeah, true, yeah. A different beast than the original song. Yeah, because I mean, let's face it, Wings sucked. <laughs> oh. <laughs> there i'll just say wings okay first off i think the beatles are overrated and i think the beatles suck whoa and so you take the shittiest part of the beatles and you try to put together a fucking half-ass band with a bunch of guys nobody even gives a fuck about us and then they form their own band of playing crappy songs they're lucky that gnr covered this one or they wouldn't get any fucking royalties do you think they got more royalties from guns and roses covering it than their own Oh, hell no, dude. I'm just saying that to piss off the fans. <laughs> like, There's some hot takes here. Holy like, shit. Dude, yeah, seriously. Like, dude, I really do hate the Beatles. Like, I won't listen to them. Like, I don't hate them like it's like a la like a ag on on the show. That's just me being a dick. But um, 
I really don't enjoy their music. That's a legit thing. All right. Hot take. Fair opinion. I'll take it. It is. It's just my opinion. I mean, yeah. At the same time, if you, you know, you know, by now somebody's already typed up that hateful comment. I'm gonna get him on Twitter. It would <laughs> sure be a shame if you didn't go ahead and hit send. Hit send. <laughs> <laughs> to that Caputo two one two. Listen, if you want to get roasted, you can tweet me. Then all your hate your there. <laughs> uh, you know what, uh, Dan? Since you're the guest, do you want to go ahead and push the button? Yeah, sure. Oh boy! Street of dreams. Oh. All right, so we're going back to Chidem next week. Damn, we just left it a couple weeks ago, and now we're going back. Going right the hell back. Dude, at this rate, we'll be finished with Chidem before we finish. Yeah, seriously. You already have yeah. three songs, four? Uh, well, this will be the third. Yeah, this will be the yeah. third from Ch- Chinese Democracy. And, you know, none of the surprise ones that we've we've got peppered in there have popped up yet. Oh. We have wild cards. We have oddities. Uh, yeah, leaks. Leaks, yeah. Oh, you, oh, whoa! You're whoa! You're doing leaks. We're not gonna play them on the. Show. I know you're not gonna play them, but I'm excited for you to. Oh well, man! We, so you can listen along while we listen to the yeah. leaks. So get when your own copy. When we stop <laughs> recording, when we stop recording, I'll tell you about some of the other surprise ones that we've got dropped in there, because we've got a few in there that are uh, you wouldn't expect. So speaking of um, speaking of Chai Dem, do you guys? I mean, it sort of relates because he did it after it came out. Do you guys remember the chats he did in the message boards? Oh yeah, we've, we've oh yeah. Those when you started listening I, song titles and shit off. Yeah, I actually got an answer question or a question answered by him, and it was probably one of the best oh, days oh. of my entire life. Oh shit! What what question? Was oh it? fucking man. Uh I asked him. I think I was bouncing between my GNR and ChineseDemocracy dot com which I don't think it exists anymore. But I asked him, I was like, hey, there's a rumor going there was a rumor going around that you recorded a song with Shaq, Shaquille O'Neal. If it's true, DM me immediately and give it to me. Ha ha. Like I wrote something like that. And he responded, he's like, Yeah, it was just a joke. Like people knew he wasn't the most popular rapper. I think he like messed around with Dizzy Reed, but that's about it. And I was like, Holy shit. It was like for me, it was like two in the morning. And when I saw he responded to me, and he like re, you know recopied the text and then responded to me, I'm like, I I don't even know what to say anymore. Like it was uh, like insane for me. That's that's pretty cool, man. That yeah, and when you go phenomenal. back to the transcripts, like I think you can go on here today, gone to hell, or like whatever other sites that have the transcripts of it. Mm-hmm. My name's on there with that question, and like knowing that it's there, that it's part of his. He probably doesn't remember part of our and history. Part of our yeah, like that's great, like. Damn right. I, like I tell everybody knows that knows me. Everyone knows that happened, and like for me to fully like express how like insane that was for me, like they can't comprehend that. I'm like Dude, that he, is awesome. Fuck it's not just him, like seeing me. Like yeah, like I was like holy shit, man. Like and he did that because he was he wanted to talk to the fans because Best Buy didn't do dick to promote Chinese democracy. So he kind of like I don't know if it was Fernando or Beta or somebody made him go on the message boards. Because I remember something instigated it, but I just felt like he was just like, you know what, I'm just going to talk to people, see what happens. 
It was more the label that didn't promote shit, really. Best Buy, to an extent, yeah. Oh, you're it was right. More you're the right. label. I'm sorry. Like, yeah, then Best he Buy sued uh, like, Irving Azoff, who was the manager at the time, who tried to basically sabotage the whole fucking album release just so he can reunite with Slash. And then also, since Azoff was managing Van Halen at the time, they were trying to do a GNR Van Halen super tour. Rumor has it. Oh, wow. Huh. Yeah, which was like insane. And then, like, Azoff took him to court and sued him. I would have went to that. Oh, fucking phenomenal. I would still have sold my kidneys anyway. for that. <laughs> David Lee Roth would do the same, probably. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. So that's my, that's my uh, Chai Dem. After Chai Dem came out, that's what happened to me. I was so psyched. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I still have the commercial from television on my, uh, on my hard drive in a collection of... Holy shit, the one that just seconds. said the date and stuff? Mm-hmm. Oh my god, that's amazing. I remember that commercial. I remember one played during Saturday Night Live one time and I saw it. I was like, what is going on? People know about this? <laughs> when apparently time. it's supposed to be the big album and I'm like confused as to why people would know about it. <laughs> yeah, it took me a long time to give that record up because I went through a dry spell there after I kind of, you know, you grow up and the shit you liked as a kid isn't cool anymore. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and uh, I went through a little while where I mean I still listen to the basics, but I didn't really check out too much in that day and age. And uh, I remember a buddy of mine was swearing by Chinese democracy because I didn't get on the internet that much back then. Uh, mm -hmm. Like maybe you know MySpace, uh, the occasional porn site. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it wasn't near as prominent it was there but it wasn't you know like every page took like 30 minutes to load and uh there wasn't really nothing i wanted off of there too much and so are I, you still talking about porn or are we talking about the internet no, the internet in general, <laughs> oh, okay man. okay back in the dial-up days okay i wasn't sure <laughs> and then of course to illegally download a song or two but back then, oh my god yeah you would have to, what, what you would do is you'd, you'd start the song downloading before you went to school. You'd put about three on and get them started. And then hopefully when you came back from school, no telemarketer had called during the day. <laughs> oh, oh, shit. And yeah. you'd come home from school and they'd be just about finished. That's from the, oh, that's the era that I'm, I lived in. But, um, yeah, fuck, I forgot what I was talking about. <laughs> I was about to try them or something like the. Oh yeah, so when I found, I had a buddy of mine that uh, was like, "Dude, you need to listen to Chinese Democracy," and it was like great and all this other stuff. And uh, I gave him shit. Uh, <laughs> I gave him shit for a little while, and before I ever actually did listen, I would ultimately listen to it out of nothing but plain curiosity because I knew about what was going on and everything. But uh, I, but. Uh, uh, I'd heard, I'd heard somebody talking, you know, cause like, uh, by this point I was starting to, to pay attention again. I was cause, cause my, mm -hmm. I was fucking with my buddy and, uh, somebody had said that, uh, Axl Rose uses a teleprompter and I was like, oh, so it's like, you know, you're going to see a free karaoke show. That's pretty cool. <laughs> and then I, I remember making the joke about how, uh, dude, Axl Rose is the greatest cover, cover singer or greatest karaoke singer ever, man. Cause you know, he's got that. <laughs> He's got his own live band. They got Pyro singing all those Guns N' Roses covers. That's really, you know, really cool. 
Just just <laughs> fucking just fucking my friend piss him off. Yeah. And here I sit doing this podcast and the irony of that what yeah. uh, fifteen years later. But or whatever. But uh Isn't that crazy I, it's been eleven years since Chinese democracy? Yeah. This is when yeah, nothing new since nothing out. since. Well, apparently nothing. Yeah. Do you guys Besides think, the what if trilogy. Yes. Dan, do you think we're gonna actually get that album in six months? Uh, Ever? I listen. If you told me like three or four years ago, <laughs> you think Slash and Axel will ever like talk again? I would have said a thousand percent no, because I was I like I got okay, like not okay, but like my Guns and Roses was new GNR, you know, because I got into them at ninety eight. I knew they weren't gonna reunite, so. The fact that they're reunited playing shows, that's good enough for me. I don't, I'm going to say no. And my thing is, I'm scared because I actually, as a hardcore fan, I kind of don't want them to make new music. What did you think when Velvet Revolver came out? Uh, I liked them because I like Scott Weiland and I, the, the rock on the radio at the time, like obviously, you know, I was in the Guns N' Roses. So for, you know, most of Guns N' Roses to become super huge again was a big deal for me. And I liked the music. I thought the combination was good. And I loved that they sold millions of records. I love that everybody loved them. Yeah. Their first album was amazing. I thought their second album sucked. Yeah, I think everybody... Yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. I think after Slither and Fall to Pieces, I don't really think I could name another Velvet Revolver song. Yeah, I, I go back to their first album every now and then. It's it's got some good groove and stuff in there. Have you uh, ever listened to Snake Pit? I have, and I I can see why Axel didn't want some of that first Snake Pit stuff on the next Guns N' Roses album. It's all it all sounds the same. It all sounds just like super bluesy rock. Yeah, and that's not a terrible thing. But when you're trying to like progress as a band. I'm sure Slash just came to Axel and was like, hey, check out this song. And Axel was like, yo, this sounds like a song that you just showed me yesterday or something. <laughs> the first, yeah, first Snake Pit album, I didn't like the lead singer. He sounds too generic. The second Snake Pit album, I forget the lead singer's name. Is it London something? I don't know. Is or it Ar- talking about Ain't Life Grand? Yes. Ain't that Life dude's Grand voice. A killer fucking album. Yo, if anyone's listening to this and has not given snake pit a chance just go to the second album holy yeah, shit i i agree completely I've the songs never, are better the singer is better he's a monster i've never listened to five o'clock somewhere all the way through but ain't life grand is one of the records that stays on my playlist like i listen yes. to i listen to been there lately at least once a week that's a good yeah that's good um serial killer isn't that one of them yeah um uh, the, the, and the mean song, bone, the, yeah, mean bone's good. The title track ain't life. Title Man track is a landslide. Fucking amazing. Yo, yeah, I I swear by that second album. That is amazing. I don't know what that lead singer's doing now, but he was a talent, and I don't know how they got rid of him. Well, guys, uh, I'm getting the signal that our recording time is uh, starting to run thin, so we're gonna have to. Uh, 
uh, stop, put a stop on it pretty soon. But we've got a few extra minutes to spare before we go. Dan, why don't you tell everybody in your own words uh, where they can find your podcast, uh, What the Favicon, and uh, why they should go and download it. Uh, that's a good. Oh, wow. Uh, you put me on the spot there. Um, I guess you get, well, yeah, first off, you, you can find you. I'm gonna help you. the, I'm just going to whisper in your ear and nobody's going to hear you but me. Okay. <laughs> because it's but, fucking awesome. There you go. <laughs> Damn right. Uh, the, the, what the Famicom podcast, it's a gaming podcast where I kind of just talk about the weird and wonderful things that nobody really cares to talk about. Or if it's something that's popular, I kind of just make it ridiculous. Uh, you can find it on Spotify, Google podcasts. I just put in a submission to get it on Pandora. I don't know if it'll go through, but um, Stitcher, Breaker, Anchor. So anything that's not iTunes or Apple Podcasts, because that's really hard to get on. So you can look, just search my podcast uh, with the Famicom, a gaming podcast. My social media, I have a Twitter. Again, I have a Twitter and Instagram. It's just WT Famicom. If you like funny gaming stuff, if you like funny gaming stories, that's all I do. I kind of just make fun of the games we all love. Man, this has been a great show. I've enjoyed myself, but... Man, I don't. I mean, we don't. We 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 really we we gotta go. Like we're 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 pushing our time limit here hard. <laughs> Ooh, all right. Join us next week for Street of Dreams. Yeah, it's gonna be a good one. I'm looking forward. I to look that. forward to it. You guys ready to go home? <laughs> uh, before we go, uh, before we go home, Dan, uh, thank you for doing the show. We uh, it was been a pleasure having you. I hope to have thank you back you. again sometime. Yeah, yeah. Damn. Thank you. Thank Good you for right. inviting me. Oh, and hey, I almost forgot, before we go, we got Carl Golden featuring Axel Ross from Guns Ain't Roses. They're going to play us out with a rendition of Rocket Queen. Thanks for listening, everybody. Good night. Peace. All right, see you, see you next week. At American University, we don't just hope for change, we create it. 
We don't just dream of a better world, we make it a reality. With a graduate degree from AU, you'll access expert faculty and connections throughout DC to develop skills and experience to turn your passion into purpose. And that purpose can make all the difference in your career. Discover the difference a degree makes at American.edu slash gradschool.